sign who is Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move when the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I am honored to be interviewing a very special person, my wife, Doris Tates Carpenter. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, some might say that you've scraped the bottom of the barrel <laughs> when you're relying on family members to come on, but you always know how to give me a good compliment, <laughs> but it's truly my fault, uh, for, um, not having anything scheduled. And so I thought, you know what? I live with an amazing person. And so I thought that I would interview you because... I think you would help us think about Adventist healthcare because you have 17 years as a healthcare um, worker through uh, what used to be called human resources and now is called human performance. So um, I want to introduce you as the human performance executive, talent strategy, and total rewards at Adventist Health here on the West Coast. And can you just tell us a little bit about what uh, that means and how that connects with uh, the mission of Adventist Health? Great. Thank you. Yeah. So I like to think of the opportunity that I have as fun human resources because I get to do all of the great work in partnering with all of our associates and our leaders in finding the best talent to serve our patients and in finding ways to support all of our people. So looking at whether it's how somebody's being recruited, how we're transitioning them into the workforce, compensation, benefits, anything that we're doing and how we serve our associates so they can better care for our community is part of what our team does. And so it's an honor to be able to do that across the West Coast and taking care of so many people that take care of our medically underserved communities. Um, I know that you're very passionate about what you do, which is one of the many reasons that I love you and love um, hearing about your work. And thanks to COVID, I get to hear you every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Often laughing or talking very firmly uh, next door. And I would love for you to just um, explain to folks who might be curious how a multi-billion dollar healthcare corporation has handled um, COVID with, uh, you know, what, 17 or so hospitals and almost 100 clinics around the Western United States. So uh, what what's your kind of day like? I think at first it was very focused on day-to-day -day realities of ensuring that we were caring for our patients. So part of the the goal of system roles and everything that we do to serve all of our communities is to make sure that our hospitals and our clinics have what they need to care for our patients. And so for the first several months of the pandemic, it was very focused on making sure that we had people that were being cared for to care for our patients, that they had supplies, things like that. And then as things progressed, and, and I think this is beyond Adventist Health, it's really, as I speak to industry peers, similar focus in their areas as well is really how do we focus on well-being and resilience and counterbalance to burnout as people are asked to do 
so much and yet have so little left in their own personal reserves to care for others. And so it's really transitioned to how do we care for our associates instead of the pure reaction at this point. And so that's been challenging and inspiring because everything is opportunity right now. Everything is potential and brand new. And so what can we do to care for people in new ways that maybe have never been practiced before that haven't been researched before. And that's the exciting part of what we're doing um, in Adventist Health and with the partnerships that we have with Blue Zones and other organizations and really looking at well-being across the communities and not just taking care of people that are sick. Yeah, I think that um, move towards population health and a more holistic community um, focus is is really promising. Um, I know how you got into um, this important work, but uh, I think it's a story worth uh, telling to folks who um, I think might be interested in how uh, someone um, with your skill set arrives at a job that's such a, a perfect match for you. So you started out um, studying elementary education High school. High school education. education. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, And then you ended up out in Colorado. So take us from Colorado to your first uh, roles at Adventist Health. Yeah. So so the I think my background in English and secondary education, um, because we'll put that English on there for all my all my professors that I still adore. Um, So the Transition to Colorado was really a classic human resources job of working a front desk, literally doing drug tests for pre-hire myself, which was not that exciting. Um, and then I had the opportunity to work for Adventist Health as a recruiter. And so that was my first role in Adventist healthcare post-college. And I worked in Central California recruiting, in particular nurses at that point in time, and looking for people that would want to relocate to Central California um, from Canada and other places to say, hey, California is a great place and you can buy a cheap house in Hanford, California. (laughs) Um, And so that was just the beginning phases of entering into healthcare, into human resources. And then I had the opportunity to support of my leader at that time, Darla Phelps, to um, pursue a master's degree in human resources. And so that just opened up the possibilities in my mind of how you really care for others through benefits, compensation, um, just their workplace structures and their experience as an associate beyond those fundamentals. Um, So I think that uh, when people think of um Adventists in healthcare, it's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting story because we are mostly a, a small denomination, very private about uh, who, um, w- uh, private towards the public. Um, uh, we don't like uh, negative stories about us, and uh, we basically want to go to church, uh, f- feel like um, the church is growing and making a difference in the world. And then Adventists get involved in healthcare, and it becomes big business. And it becomes uh, 
a, a little bit of a tension between the mission of the church and the need for the church to actually be a functioning organization. And I'm curious how you navigate those two things, thinking of the mission of Adventist Health and the business of Adventist Health. How do you see those two um, um, working uh, best when they are sort of in, in uh, sync? So for Adventist Health on the West Coast, our mission is to live God's love by inspiring health, wholeness, and hope. And so the way that that translates into our truly our everyday lives is how we make decisions and where we are choosing to invest our time and our money of, of our people as we're building the organization, as we're expanding into new clinics or new hospitals or totally new to the world types of care for, for patients. And it's, I don't, I, I guess there is a tension there. Um, but I think when I've talked to other people, especially as I've had the opportunity to recruit executives from other not-for-profit healthcare organizations, um, we talk to them about, you know, this is a health, this is a faith-based organization. These are some of the ways that we'll make decisions. These are some of the things you'll see in our organization. And, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 I worked for, insert not-for-profit healthcare organization here. And then they get here. And a few months in, what people have shared with me is that it's just a completely different type of organization than what they've grown accustomed to in the past and that they're able to see how that mission truly plays into the way that our leaders lead, into who they are, into what they're paying attention to, into the strategies that we're putting into place. And so I think that's part of, I don't know that we necessarily think of it as attention. I think we think of it as a really inspiring way to be able to work when you get to ground your philosophies and decisions and frameworks on something that is so important to the values, to your own personal values. Uh, that's um, great to hear. I, I, um, I, th the stories that you've told me about folks coming and being part of the organization, really seeing that you really try to live your mission is um, is inspiring to me, and I think the the Adventist Church can learn a lot from healthcare in the way that the um, the sort of um, administrators on down really think about their role in the community, not just their role inside their buildings. Um, but you're not in buildings right now. You're kind of dispersed across um, the Western United States, lots of people working from home. And I would love for you to think about or, or share what um, working from home has been like for you because we're all kind of you know moving through this quarantine pandemic experience together. And uh, I know from... Uh, experience that you are on the phone or on Microsoft Teams for 12 hours plus a day, which is insane. Um, dear listener, she pops out for a 10-minute lunch, uh, tea once or twice, uh, just to brew it, then go back, do another call, then come out and put the tea or grab the tea. Uh, so it can... It seems like it's hectic and you are 
at home wearing fluffy socks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how has it been to uh, kind of, has the pace increased for you? Is it decreased? Has it changed in some way um, as you uh, participate in helping the organization run? Yeah, I think probably the pace is truly about the same. It's just different. So the way the day is organized is different. The way we've learned to build connections across our team. I lead recruitment. We call it talent acquisition. Um, So that's a lot of usually extrovert energy where we're looking at talking, talking, talking and enticing people to come work for us and things like that. And so that team, we tend to be a lot more on video chat, talking to each other, sharing information. Um, and then with really with everybody, it's really just determining how do you best connect in in new ways. And I think the thing that I found the most interesting is that from a, because I still do tend to think in terms of the classroom because of my background in education. And what I found to be so interesting is that with teams in particular, um, there's an opportunity for new voices to be heard in a way that were never necessarily in the forefront when you were in in in-person spaces. And I am really motivated by that, inspired by that, because I'm really energized. I'm an extrovert myself, so I'm really energized by other people's ideas, where they're coming from, and things that they're bringing to the table. And so the realization that from moving to an online platform where there could be asynchronous discussion or things could be happening in a way that wasn't necessarily guided by some a leader in the front it's so interesting to me to be able to learn from so many different people and to hear their voices and to have their contributions. And so part of what I'm thinking through personally is how do we continue to find ways to ensure that all voices are heard in design of frameworks and designs of policies, philosophies, whatever they may be in, in the same way that is allowed right now when things are done digitally. And I, it's, I just love that there are so many more people engaged um, because those of us that were in leadership roles were forced to take a different approach. And I, I don't know if I would have learned that without this opportunity to work from home. And that's very humbling to me because I think of myself as somebody that wants to engage everybody in this realization that my own personal style wasn't necessarily going to do that without this for stop to engage in a different way um, is really interesting, and I want to continue to explore that. To think, how do we get, how do we hear from everybody to build to build the best things for our communities? Mm. I love it. I think I fell a little bit more in love with you listening to you talk so passionately. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you told me ahead of time when I had to really try hard to convince you to do this that you had a meeting. So I know you have to dash. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. Bye bye. I knew, Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget.